The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week to discover the beauty, joy, and peace that lies just underneath. Okay, everybody, so we're going to explore karma tonight. And we'll start off, I'm going to come closer. Okay, so the, the karma, as I mentioned in the introduction uh, to the presentation on the peace run, there's, in general, there's three types of yoga, yoga being the path to liberation or realization. There's yana yoga, which is the yoga of knowledge, and that includes the uh, practice of meditation. So gaining liberation or realization through uh, clearing the mind, making the mind very clear and opening the uh, spiritual heart or opening the third eye. That's um, yana yoga, the yoga of knowledge. Then there is bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of emotion or devotion, the yoga of love. And when Shalil was giving the meditation class, when he was saying about um, noticing the shift in your own consciousness and feel gratitude for that change. That's the idea of the bhakti yoga, that you're going through the through emotion. You're expanding your emotions. So in yana yoga, the idea would be you totally still your mind. Bhakti yoga is cultivating love, devotion, and surrender inside your heart. And all those other compassion, forgiveness, those energies... And then finally is karma yoga, which is the yoga of action. And <clears throat> that would include, or the essence of that would be that through your selfless actions, you are clearing away your egocentric consciousness and opening your consciousness and experiencing your interconnectedness with all of humanity. So one of the people holding the peace torch in the video was Mother Teresa. You saw her holding the torch there. And <clears throat> her life would um, exemplify karma yoga, doing service uh, for others. And when she was once asked, she said that when she would be helping people or serving them, she would look in their eyes and see Jesus. So she was perceiving others as the divine and serving, serving the divine in other people. And so that's the idea of the karma yoga. So Sri Chinmoy, in his uh, spiritual path or in his spiritual teachings, he really encouraged all the forms of yoga. So he encourages, as, as you read through the wisdom of Sri Chinmoy, he encourages meditation, learning to still and quiet your mind. He also encourage, encourages cultivating gratitude, 
love, uh, that type of emotion. And then also service, being of service to others. And so he would hold meditations. He created the Peace Run. He wrote lots of devotional music. So he tried to um, put energy into all those aspects of yoga. And so let's take a moment and think of um, something that you've done, let's say in the last month, that could be construed as karma yoga. So something you did in the last month that involved being of service to others. And would anybody like to share what, what that was? Yes, Mary? Nice. Great example of, of karma yoga. Anyone else? And a lot of times in our culture, we think that happiness comes through possession of things. Look at all the things I have. But here, turning that on its head in the joy of like giving things away. Yeah, in high school we did that. We, um, I was part of, it was some, I think it was called the Christian Life Club or something. And we would go to the old folks' home uh, and talk to them and, you know, just be really nice. And I was shocked. Um, and the first time we did that, I was amazed at how much it shifted my consciousness. Because especially in high school, you're, it's so egocentric. It's all about me, 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 and just spending those two hours focusing on other people and being kind and getting that energy back was really uh, an eye-opener for me. <clears throat> so then, now let's go a little bit deeper into this idea of karma. So we talk about karma yoga, and karma, earlier in the book, Sri Chamoy defines karma as action. And so then someone asks him, could you please explain how the law of karma affects us in this life and in our next life? And so again, the idea that in Sri Chamoy's philosophy, there's definitely the concept of multiple lifetimes. And he gives an example here um, that it's really only through multiple lifetimes that it may think some things make sense. So he says, we are carrying the past inside us. It is a continuous flow. As you sow, so you reap. If we do something wrong, we have to know that either today or tomorrow, either in the physical world or in the inner world, <clears throat> we will get the result. Now that's an interesting thing. He says either in the physical world or in the inner world. 
And by that he means, let's say you get really angry at someone and you, you yell at them and you make them feel really bad. It could be that the karma you get back is not necessarily that someone outwardly yells at you, but it can also be your own state of mind as you move forward because you've created all this anger and, and negative energy inside your mind and you like spit it out at them, but it's still inside of you. And so just that churning energy, that feeling horrible for a few days because of what you did can be that, that karma. So that's when he's saying in the inner world, so our inner world, our inner dimension. If I constantly steal, one day I will be caught and put into jail. I may not get caught today, but one day I will be caught. If I do something good, if I pray, if I meditate and do divine things, I will get the result of this also. Sometimes we see someone who has done something wrong enjoying the world. But perhaps he did something extraordinary, something wonderful in his immediate past incarnation, and now he is having the result of his good actions, while the result of his bad deeds have not yet started to bear fruit. In the evening of his life or in a future life, he will definitely be punished. And so that idea that the, because um, when we think of karma and cause and effect, if you think of just one lifetime, of, so often it doesn't make sense. Like this, people who are greedy and selfish, they seem to like prosper and do well and everything goes great for them. But then again, like Sri Chamoy is saying, to, to be able to see the big picture, which we can't always see. Now he, he says here, Another question is, what is the best way to get rid of bad karma? What's the best way to get rid of bad karma? Because one of the ideas in spiritual growth is that our karma is really slowing us down. It slows down our progress. So if we're constantly faced with um, set, setbacks or let's say, quote unquote, bad things are happening to us, it disturbs our meditation, you, you know, life just doesn't flow as well. And so it would be great to eradicate the bad karma so you can spend more time in meditation, so you can, um, you know, cultivate your spirituality. So his solution is, the best way to get rid of bad karma is to enter into the field of aspiration, concentration, and meditation. So where basically, by meditating, you're doing the best thing you can to alleviate and get rid of the, any bad, the bad karma. Yeah, how, how so? How, 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 how would people imagine that meditation get, would get rid of bad karma?
And there is a section here where where right it, um, right when wrong forces so in another part of the que- another question um, that the idea of your aspiration or your yearning will will, will um, bring down this compassion because the universe wants to see us make progress. And so if you're putting in this effort, then the universe is going to do everything it can to eliminate um, the obstacles. So that's, that's one way. How else could the meditation get rid of it? And so one of the ideas in the meditation practice is <coughs> uh, this idea, uh, an idea in the Sanskrit word for it is um, samskaras, samskaras. And basically it's, it means like seed. And so everything we do, you could say it plants a seed. And Sri Chimoy used as you sow, as you sow, so you reap. So you could say you, you do a, an action and it's like planting a seed. And that seed has to germinate and play through. Right? You have to deal with what you've planted. And so one of the ideas in meditation is that when you're in a meditative state, you're able to see these seed energies in yourself much more clearly. And so you're able to uh, eradicate them or transform them when they're still in seed form rather than when they, when they ex, um, expand. So let's say what you... Let's just say the energy that needs to be is greed. And so without meditation, this seed of greed would grow and grow, and you'd, you'd end up taking certain actions, selfish actions, which would lead to all these results in life, and you'd have all these problems, and that would be the way the karma would play out. But if you're able to meditate, then in your meditative state, you're able to see this seed of greed and selfishness in yourself, and you're able to resolve it on the more subtle plane. So you resolve it in seed form rather than it playing out as a huge drama in your life. And so you're able to speed up your resolution of things infinitely faster. It might take you, one, one writer that Sri Chamoy really respected said that when you meditate, one hour of meditation can equal think he said a thousand years of, of just human outer life. And so with the idea that you need a million years of living to reach enlightenment, 
Um, so, but the bottom line is that meditation time so much accelerates your, your growth because you're not having to, just think how long one wrong decision can go. You, know? <laughs> you make one wrong decision, it could be 30 years or 40 years of playing out that karma. Whereas if you had sat in meditation, like Toby said, he gets more clarity. If you get real clarity, you don't go th- that way. You decide not to. You just saved yourself um, 30 years. You resolved it in one meditation instead of 30 years. And so th- that's, that's a good example. Someone had their hand up. Mary? Yeah. Right, that would be the basic idea is that you would bring in the contrary, um, you would bring in the emotion that would counterbalance it. So if it's anger, you bring in um, love. If it's uh, jealousy, you bring in oneness. If it's, yeah, so trying to balance, seeing it as a wave and you bring in the opposite uh, wave is, um, is the way to do it. Yeah. What one of the um, young yogis we interviewed on our web website, Alexa Hat. She's like 17 year old. She's been practicing yoga since she was 13. She teaches yoga, and the, her, hearing her clarity in terms of the decisions she's making in life was really because um, most uh, often we're so confused by life and you make a decision and it feels good for a couple hours and then you flip-flop and it's kind of very much in the mind but when you through the meditation when you start to really feel what's truest in your heart then you make a decision with a lot of clarity and there's a, a strength to the decision. Sure, because when you, Sri Chamoy says, when you meditate, what you're actually, one, one way to look at meditation is that meditation is your soul coming forward, your deeper nature coming forward, and the form that the soul takes, again, in other parts of the book, Sri Chamoy says, can take many forms. It can take a form of a flower or a, a mountain or, or a sage or 
these different things. And so it makes sense that as you meditate, you have more peace in your life, so hence you sleep better or longer, whatever it is. And that the dialogue, instead of maybe instead of um, just thinking of problems or you know the surface mind, you're starting to go to a deeper part of your awareness where you're dialoguing and communicating with a deeper part of yourself. So yeah, the meditation brings in a whole new dimension. Right. Living in the now. And that's uh, the final thing I want to read is where um, Sri Chinmoy says, <clears throat> so he says, um, to what Pujari says, when a person enters in the spiritual life, his karma can easily be nullified if it is the will of God operating through a spiritual master. Slowly, God's infinite grace can nullify the results of his bad karma and expedite the results of his good karma. A day will come when he can stand above the law of karma, for God is bound to shower boundless grace on the devoted head and heart of the aspirant. And so that idea that not worrying about like what our karma was or what we did in the past and not thinking of the future and what's going to happen to us and, oh, I'm doing this so that in my future life I'm happy, but just really trying to focus in on the moment, aspiring, meditating, trying to be the best person you can in this moment, and that's where God, this great energy that wants us to have fulfillment and happiness, is going to, um, as Sri Chimoy says, the karma can, we can step above the law of karma through our, through our aspiration. Okay, good. So karma is a pretty deep topic, so we'll keep going with karma next week. Yeah, we'll keep going with that. And, um, and, and away we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Nice seeing you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.